Hey, welcome back to Pigeonhole Hockey. This is Chris and today's co-host, Steve. Hey, how's it going, hockey fans? And Sebastian. Hello, hello. And you know us, we do not claim to be hockey experts, but simply overzealous hockey fans that love to play, watch, read, and talk about hockey. So be sure to follow us on Twitter to let us know what you think, and also be sure to comment and share any hockey games, news, or videos we should cover in an upcoming podcast. So on today's podcast, listeners, Steve, Sebastian, and I will be discussing where we are at in the current NHL season based off of our predictions at the beginning of the preseason. Uh, not that there necessarily was an NHL preseason, but prior to the season, we predicted where teams would be, and uh, we kind of want to see how things are unfolding because it's COVID, and it's been a fun season so far, I tell you that much. Uh, boys, so we're going to start right here in the West, right out the gate. In fact, Steve, who did you have ranked one through, is it eight? Yeah, one through eight yeah, in the eight. West. Well, I didn't do the, the, the whole eight thing. I let, let Okay, the, yeah, just uh, the four teams. Yeah. yeah, the top four. So I had the Avalanche on top, followed by the Knights, the Blues, and then the Coyotes. Those, those were my predictions. All right, Sebastian, what were your top four? So my top four out of the West, I had Knights, Avs, Blues, and then the Wild. And in my top four out of the West, I had Colorado, Arizona, Vegas, and Minnesota. I will say... St. Louis, L.A., Anaheim, San Jose. Ah, okay. I have to get that out. So, uh, so where the West actually sits right now, effective March 7th, uh, yeah, March 7th, 2021, it is currently standing as the Golden Knights, the St. Louis Blues, the Colorado Avalanche, and the Minnesota Wild, followed by the Los Angeles Kings, Arizona Coyotes, Anaheim Ducks, and San Jose Sharks. So, any surprises here? Boys, I can say right out the gate, the Ducks and the Sharks are exactly where I expected them to be. Right I think we all, I think we all had them riding the bo- right in the bottom, and they're um, sitting there. Yeah, and the thing that was let's talk. The one thing we'll mention about the Ducks is that Gibson is still looking f- flipping outstanding, right? He's still holding those team into game that 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 team into games, right? They've been a lot closer than what they should have been, but um, the biggest surprise. Well, there's two surprises, right? The Kings battling it out. Their vets are stepping it up, and their young guys are there. The Wild, they're doing what exactly what I thought they'd be doing, sort of tugging in between everybody else. And the only, the biggest shock to me right now has been Nate McKinnon not producing. Like that's the one that just threw me for a loop. He was just picking it up before he took that headshot. So like the biggest shock out of me was I thought McKinnon was going to have just a, you know, a, a huge, huge year. And it's not like he has been, he's McKinnon, he's playing, right? He just wasn't scoring. And the right. truth was, neither were the rest of the Avalanche. So that was the biggest shock to me in all this. Yeah, I would say uh, for me, in terms of shocks, I really don't see any. I, I'm, I'm kind of with you a little bit on Colorado right there, but I thought they'd be a little bit better than they are. Uh, the Ducks and the Sharks are exactly where I expected them to be. And truthfully, I, I really figured it would be a battle between the Coyotes, Wild, and Blues for the, kind of that the second through four seeds. But L.A., isn't really a shock to me. I, you know, let's see how the season goes. I'm not really, nothing in this division is really shocking me right now. I think Colorado could be a little bit stronger, but that's about it. For me, I mean, I won't lie. I had the the Kings last in that division. For me, I'm a little shocked by them. Um, but other than that, I mean, I kind of figured that that bottom four was kind of just like a, a crapshoot, and that's kind of what I have. Like, I'm completely wrong on everything but the Ducks, 
on that bottom four. So for me, I think the Kings are a, a surprise, but a pleasant surprise. You know, they're they're built with a lot of vets and some some good young players coming through. But uh, I'm happy to see them shining. So that allows us actually to shift over to the Central Division. So, Steve, where did you have teams in the Central Division? All right, the Central, I had Tampa as one, the Canes as two, the Stars as three, and the Jackets as number four. All right, Sebastian. Yeah, for my top four or Central, I had Tampa, Canes, Stars, and Preds. For me, I had Tampa, Dallas, Columbus, and Florida. Nashville, Carolina, Detroit, Chicago, rounding out the bottom. That's going to become pretty evident here that Wow, what a weird season it's been. As the standings currently are, Tampa, Florida, Carolina, Chicago, Columbus, Nashville, Dallas, and Detroit. So, the elephant in the room, Chicago. Yeah. Who knew? Dude, did you, did you see the save he made today? Oh, my God. No, I, I didn't get a chance to check out anything today. Oh. But, okay, so, and here's, I'll, I'll, I'll put it to you this way, you know, because we both had, I think all of us had, this is one of the worst goaltending tandems in the league. Oh, yeah. Sue Ben's not a bad backup to this guy now. You know what I mean? I think it takes the pressure off of him. He's, he's able to actually play. And everything. Yeah, I think he's able to play better, you know, with with that. But none of us predicted is Lincoln and like knew nothing about the guy. Zero. You know, and I think we all made a disclaimer, like, unless this guy comes up huge, you know, they don't have a shot in hell. And we just didn't think they had enough talent up front to deal with it, but uh, he's playing outstanding, and Patrick Kane's having an MVP year. Like yes, right now, he, he is, is the MVP of this league, in my opinion. So, uh, kid. <laughs> the, the only thing I'm worried about, though, is with, and I know he's been out with an injury, but he was still there in the locker room, is Seabrook. With him having retired due to an injury, that was a lot of leadership. Even though he wasn't on the ice, he was there. He was, you know, training with them. He was in the locker room for those young guys that, you know, are kind of pushing and making a name for themselves right now. And now he's just stepping away completely, you know, retiring due to his injury. So it's kind of like you're losing a big leadership part of, you know, a big core. So it's kind of what's going to happen? Who's going to fill that void? Yeah, and yeah. I think we're... I think we're all in that same boat with Chicago is kind of the surprise, but we, we also did definitely make that disclaimer. <laughs> you never know what a goalie's going to show up. Yeah, it's a, it's I a goalie. I right? was in the system. It, it's, it's exactly it. It's a goalie. And let's remember, they don't have Taves on the ice, right? Nope. They're doing this without Jonathan Taves, who still has a huge impact. So I really i am still going to hold that at some point this is going to buckle, in my opinion. But, you know, they're 13-8 and eight right now. They're looking They're looking good. It's really just going to come down. Can this goaltender hold it on? It can pack Patrick Kane keep creating magic, in my opinion. What do yeah, you guys think? think? Yeah, I know. I think you're, you're pretty spot on there. If he keeps being on fire and then Lightning just keeps doing what he's doing, they have a pretty talented team. Uh, we were just goaltending-wise. There was no way this goaltending tandem that we thought the season was uh, beginning with was going to be a tandem that was going to be able to do anything for this franchise. And the Finnish kid comes up out of nowhere for us. You know, we're not none of us are Blackhawks fans. And look at him. Look at him go. I wish Buffalo had a guy like this in the system that could step up. <laughs> you guys are selling your but, whole you're selling but, your whole team right now. Everybody's available. For yeah, everybody's available and, you know, whatever. But we'll get to that. I think right now uh, there is a team that I selected and a team that I think you boys selected. Projections were made and, and others disagreed. So let's start right out the gate with the little bit higher ranked team here, Florida. So I don't think either of you guys had Florida making the playoffs. No. And look at these guys go. They're chasing Tampa. I had them sitting at five. Yeah, I had them sitting pretty down far at the bottom due to recent years. And it had to all do with Kent Bobrovsky 
come back to form, and I didn't think he'd be enough to save this team. So they're they're doing well, but the only other disclaimer we got to make here is they're not looking great right now. But the the Dallas Stars still have only played 19 games, right? So they've yeah, got, they're they're pretty far into depth yeah, right now. So, so for if yeah, if they games, win all eight, if like if they win, they'd like the French games. They could literally be right now fifth. Yeah. Yeah, and it's that, the, that's and, if they get their game in though too. Like, who knows? The NHL can actually fit all these games in the schedule, depending how many more canceled games they have. Yeah. Well, then they'd have to go out, I imagine, off of percentages versus points. Detroit's exactly where I think we all predicted they'd be. The Blue Jackets are struggling, but they're not—they're nowhere near out of it. Uh, and then you guys also projected Carolina to be in the playoffs. I did not. I had them sitting on the outside looking in, but here they are, third. Yeah, yeah they, I'm not they, surprised by that. Yeah, neither am I. They've—they've they've, like I said, I've—I I watched so much of their hockey you know, last year, you know, that it doesn't shock me, but let's just talk quickly about the blue jackets and their situation, right? You, you, you dump off two good guys or actually one good guy over to, and they, they, you know, the, what was the name of the one local boy that they just picked up there again? What was his Uh, name? Jack Roslovich. Yeah, no, is he, he's cooled off, correct? Cause he looked Uh, on. Yeah. I mean, he's still, he's still showing, that you know he's still showing potential. I mean he's still a young kid, right? It's his first full time really in the NHL. So I'm not I'm not too worried about him. I think they uh, I think they got away like robbers with that trade. Oh absolutely. <laughs> That's that trade is not going to age well. Yeah. So yeah, the thing is about Dubois, and we'll get to him in the North, right? He's he's got multiple aspects to his game, but the the big thing with Columbus right now all has to do with their problems with coaching, right? Or going back to the city or the organization, why don't people want to stick around? And, you know, why is this team struggling? And there's, you know, other players talking about getting out of there. You know, the way I see them trending, I just, I don't see the Blue Jackets now cracking it. I I think they're going to be the odd one out, Um, especially with the way the Florida Panthers are playing. I think that division right now is pretty much going to stay the way it's going to be going, you know, into the into the playoffs. That's my now midseason prediction on that. Yeah, and I think that's a good place to shift over into the East Division, uh, as this is where my two teams lie. So let's talk about the East. Steve, where did you have teams sitting in the East? Washington, Philly, Bruins and Islanders. Huh. Well done. Uh, Sebastian. Well, not, not, not quite in the order, though. <laughs> my, yeah, my, I, order, I had, my order's a little off. <laughs> I had Philly, Boston, Washington, Rangers, and obviously the Rangers aren't living up to the, the preseason hype. No, I, I would agree with that. I had Boston, the Rangers, Pittsburgh, and the Islanders. And truthfully, Pittsburgh's just on the outside looking in. They're not yeah. anywhere near off. And truthfully, so are the Rangers. They're both just on the outside looking in. I did have the Devils and the Sabres at the bottom. Uh, as I will wrap up my group by going Philly, Washington, Buffalo, New Jersey. I just didn't think Buffalo would be this bad. I will just say that as a Sabres fan. I watched, regretfully, again, the game today, and I think we've now effectively won two of our last 14. So, well done, boys. One out of seven? Not bad, not bad. That's how you lose Stanley Cups. Oh, wait, no, you can't lose a Stanley Cup if you never make the playoffs. If you never make the playoffs, yeah. The... um... It's an obvious culture issue there, right? I don't know what to do. Honestly, I, I, I talked about it with you guys uh, multiple times. I will honestly say we probably on this podcast won't be talking too much more about the uh, fantasy league as I totally forgot it existed. <laughs> when your team is this bad, I don't care how many players I have that are performing around the league. I gave up uh, like a couple weeks into this 
season, I, I just saw the writing on the wall. Like this team's not going to recover uh, just a few weeks into the season. But dude, it didn't even hit February. I think we already got COVID from the Devils on the 31st of January. I I don't know what else to do with this team. I don't know Wait, what to do with this team. They suck. Don't don't be too don't be too too scared though. Because think about it. Where every time. Taylor Hall goes to a team, that team gets the first overall pick, right? That's just the Taylor Hall thing. He comes, he comes <laughs> to the first overall pick. So except, maybe, for the, except for the Coyotes, man. Yeah, except well, the Coyotes, there, man. you know, he had a little bit of fun. But, you know, I'm thinking, so to me, a Buffalo paid him nine whatever million dollars a year to be like, you know what, we're just going to get the first overall pick next year and we'll move on from it. To me, that's the only, like, saving grace you can look at that with. Well, no, because also, we could finish bottom of the league. We, we've, we've done several times and still not get the first pick. I don't know how, but Edmonton – or New York are going to end up with it because clearly those teams have money behind them that our $5 billion owner doesn't have because Edmonton ended up with how many picks over the all? And I'm sorry, the Rangers, this team made the playoffs and they ended up with the number one overall pick. That's a crime. That is a, you know that is an absolute crime. Buffalo has to threaten to move just like Pittsburgh did, just like Edmonton did, you know, that, you know, Oh, Quebec uh, we're gonna, city. Pits- here we come. Yeah, here we go. Pittsburgh was like Quebec you know, city. Well, Pittsburgh straight up told the NHL, we are selling this team. Here we go. And all of a sudden Sidney Crosby falls to them. I mean, it's just kind of like, I think teams are now noticing how to push the buttons in the NHL to make it happen. Look at McDavid. I don't get me wrong. Like I, I, I that's that was Buffalo's pick. McDavid should have been in Buffalo by rights. Finished last should have been last. But they we said had the same odds as Sidney Crosby. That's the thing people don't understand. We had the same odds to get Sidney Crosby as Pittsburgh did. Yeah, and I mean, again, Pittsburgh just said, hey, we are going to sell this team. We can't get funding for a new arena. You know, none, none of our fans are coming. And then they're like, here's the savior, Sidney Crosby. Next thing you know, they're a new arena, new everything. So it's kind of like, I think that teams that, you know, teams are saying, like the Oats are saying, you know, our attendance isn't great. Oh, we might move. It, it, I think you, as a team, if you really want the first overall pick, tell the NHL, hey, we've actually looked about moving to Quebec or we've looked at moving somewhere else. Next thing you know, oh, you got the first overall pick. Surprise. But yeah, because no, I don't no, know what but, to do about this team. But honestly, in terms of surprises, I don't really see any here. I think the Islanders, Capitals, Bruins, and Flyers, Steve nailed it. Uh, all four of those teams are the top four teams right now in the Eastern Division. Pittsburgh and the Rangers right on the outside and the Devils and the Sabres floating at the bottom like I think we basically all projected. No, but so the only thing, no, I want to go back to the Sabres for one second. And let's be honest about the Ottawa Senators, right? They're still playing decent hockey for having a really young team and they've got some shining pieces on there. They may need to fire sale and just rebuild and send, you know, send a good player off, like send an Eichel off, get a good you know, good prospect or a good, old, you know, ready to go player and get those picks. I don't know. Like you can't rebuild from a team that has never. But you guys need a good established goalie right now. We need now. a goalie. Yeah. We have to I, we, I need a yeah. Yeah. we need a John Gibson or something. Or What uh, would you, what would you think of like, getting like a Gorgiev or something like that? Like Georgia, whatever I'd his take name Gorgiev is. in a heartbeat. So that's how I heard. I actually heard something about how the Rangers were actually looking at it. And I was like, you know yeah, what? Yeah, the Rangers really Buffalo, want Eichel. You don't want to, you know, as Buffalo, you don't want to push them to your rival. But at the same time, if they can give you a guy like Gorgiev and some picks, some young kids, it's kind of like you're getting a goalie who's actually proven himself at a young age that he can be very good. So it's kind of like, yeah, you're giving him off to, you know, your rival, but you're getting exactly what you need yeah. back. But well, the Rangers but... aren't our rival. Uh, they really aren't. I mean, our, our biggest rivals in Buffalo are, are you know, definitely going to be the teams in our division, the, the, the Bruins, the Senators, the Maple Leafs, the the Habs a little bit. You know, it's more those, like the, and, the in-state rivalry, right? I mean, you're kind of sending him in with an in-state, so it's like if you yeah, see each other. Yeah, but like, not in, in the long-term scheme of it. They're not our. They're not in our division uh, after 2021. True. So, 
we pass yeah, off Eichel, we face him, what, yeah. maybe five, six times a year? Who cares? I, I've been talking about trading Eichel now for a while. He's a good, honestly, I'm not going to say anything bad about him. My very, very brief interactions with him, he's a good guy. I just think if I'm an Eichel, why the hell would I want to stay in Buffalo? We haven't done yeah. anything. We just keep sucking. I'd rather go be a second-line centerman on another team than in a team that's I'm the first-line centerman captain, and we suck. Okay, so who's so I just want to talk about the Gorgiev thing right now. Who's your starting goalie? What's his last name? Because he's that forgettable. Which guy? Your starting goalie. Oh, oh, we have we have Allmark and Hutton, but right now I think Hutton. Allmark is technically taking the spot. But yeah. obviously he's Mr. Glass as well. I don't think he's he's our future at all. Him or Hutton. Yeah. But so, so I just, you guys. You guys I think t- we need like even right now uh, Jonas Johansson who, mm-hmm. who played in today's game, and I can't even blame him. He played a great game. We just. Dude, we're not scoring. Our defense is weak, and we have no goaltending. I don't know. Yeah, but the reason why I wanted to bring up Hutton was Hutton sort of like Georgiev, right? Hutton looked like he could be a starter. What you really need to get in the Sabres organization is someone who's been consistent for at least Gibson. four or five but years. It's going to cost you. Gibson. you. You can't tell me you're being honest and straight-faced when you're telling me that Hutton has the same like swagger or like name as Gorgiev. I mean, that's, I'm sorry, but like, that's not Hutton, true. Hutton, Hutton, but Hutton, Hutton was did. supposed to be decent. He played decent in places, but he didn't come in being like, this is a hot young goaltender. Absolutely not. He played well enough to get a contract. He never was like, Hey, this guy was drafted. Watch out for this guy. He's going to come kill it. That never happened. These are two different things. I, I understand what you're trying to say, but Gorgiev has right now has proven to be good. He had the name behind him. He had all, you know, he was a, you know, Every time when he got drafted, talked about how good he was coming through. Hutton was just kind of under the radar because that's where he should have been. He played well and got a contract, and now he's proving that he's not as good. He had a hot little streak that gave him a contract, and now he's proving that he's off. He's but you think with okay, so let's look at their other two backup goalies, right? And Chris watches the the Sabers a ton. You think Georgiev is enough to take that team on his back and turn them around and make them competitive? Let me finish my point here. So it's what they need is an established goalie because they need a hell of a tandem. If I if I'm if I'm the Buffalo Sabres, I'm keeping my defensive core, making it stronger and going after goalies. You know, you still have a and, new- I, and I mean, I disagree. I think Darlene's been I watched him today literally make himself as skinny as possible in front of his own net. So Pajot could put the puck across him and tap it in the open net. He literally left his goalie hanging so dry, he might as well have just literally turned him into jerky. It was awful. And, I mean, I I get what you're saying, but if you're trading your centerpiece as an Eichel away, you're not getting a guy who's in his prime coming in to to play. Like, I'm sorry, if I'm John Gibson and you say, hey, you're going to Buffalo, cool, okay, I'm going to go play with Taylor Hall. Oh, no, they're all traded away. Absolutely not. If you want to rebuild, you don't bring in a guy in his prime. You cannot. You're literally going to kill his career. If you're going to rebuild, Ottawa did it wrong. Don't don't get me wrong. I thought, hey, we're bringing in Murray. That's great. Murray is past his prime. He's kind of just uh, hanging on. He's not helping this young team. Get the young guys in. Yeah, they're going to get beat, but guess what? It's NHL experience. If you want to rebuild, you can't rebuild with an old guy staying back in that who might just be ending his prime because the thing is you're going to kill that guy's career. Well, it it just it depends. Like, so I will say that I think Buffalo played the wrong game, not the long game, uh, when it comes to goaltending. And right now, I still think they're playing the long game on a guy like Ukopekalukanen. I think he's our goaltender of the future. I think he's probably only a couple years out. So if we can get a solid goaltender that can carry us 
into Lukanen taking over his job. I think Ukopeka Lukanen is our future. Uh, I hope I'm right. Uh, I'm, but again, is that a gamble? If we're going to bring in another young guy, like I, lo- I would love a Gorgiev. If we want to make a trade for him, I'll take it. But uh, if if I'm looking to fix the Buffalo Sabres right now, which I think our season's already shot to hell. I think we're done. I don't think you're, you're, we're going to be able to recover from where we're at. Lost, right? You've got you've healthy scratched. You know, most of you, like a good chunk of your. You know, bigger Skinner, forks. Eichel, they've all been healthy scratches. Taylor yeah. Hall has a goal. Skinner has a goal, goal which, which was today. Yeah. We're just not – I think Curtis Lazar – no, he's not our top scorer. I think right now technically Ryan Hart and oh, Olaf But the Toby Reader, but, who only had one goal, I think, in two years of the Edmonton Oilers, now has, what, three or four with you guys? He's got four goals, and I think so does Curtis Lazar. But obviously Reader today missed two perfect opportunities where I'm like, why didn't you just shoot? He should have just shot. He just – I don't know what the hell he was doing. You know, though, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree though with Steve on this one. I I think it's the culture of the team. Look at Skinner got sat, got asked a question as a player. You know, you're not happy for getting sat. You just you know give the old, oh, you know, I wasn't playing well. I got sat. Well, how so, am I supposed to get better if I'm watching? I'm like, so here's the thing. So if we're gonna talk about GM. if we're talking about the culture of the team, I hate to bring it back to the guy that's really done a lot for the city in one way or another, but I'm still not a fan of blame Pagula because. I think is a diehard Sabres fan, a season ticket holder for so long. He, you know, made all of his billions and then bought the Sabres. And he's done, again, he's done a ton for the city and for Penn State and a lot of different places out there. But I think if he was a little bit smarter of an owner, him and his wife were a little bit smarter of owners, you bought the team. Awesome. Now let the, let the hockey smart people take over. Yeah, well, I think yeah, that's, the problem with the, 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 the Buffalo right? Sabres organization is the ownership is too involved. Hire a director of hockey operations, hire a general manager, and step out. Unfortunately, I don't think – that's the only thing I can understand with this team at this point because you can't have this many general managers, this many coaches, this much talent come through Buffalo in 10, 11 years and be this bad unless it's a culture issue. And I think it starts literally with any organization anywhere in the world. If there's bad culture, it starts at the top. And that's why I'm no longer a Washington, whatever you want to call them, football fan. And you've got a Washington owner football that, club. Yeah, whatever you want to call them, the Washington whatevers is probably the best name. I can't share for them anymore because that's what it is, right? You've got an owner that wants to dictate everything. And you can be a fan of the game and love big names, right? It doesn't mean they play well together. Right. So that's just, you know, it's not, I wouldn't say it's a fire sale there because when they said everybody's open, I think what they're looking for is many good pieces as possible. But well, it's, I, mean, yeah. I would yeah. say if, if you're the Buffalo Sabres, there's, there's literally. I think you're going to be shocked. I think there's, in my personal humble opinion, there's two guys I am not trading off this team. Everyone else is available. If I'm, as a Buffalo Sabres fan, I'm saying, number one, I'm not trading Olafson. He has been awesome the last couple seasons. He's proven himself. We've had him since he was a kid. I like him on this team. He's not the top goal scorer. I think he's behind Reinhardt, but I have... I think Reinhardt right now is having a flash in the pan season and a really bad season. I, I don't mind losing him. Uh, I think he'd benefit from being on another team at the end of the day. And the other guy I think is going to surprise a lot of people. I think Curtis Lazar. I think he's a he's a perfect character player for what we need. He's proven himself as a Buffalo Sabre because didn't he come from Ottawa? Yeah. He's proven himself as a Buffalo Sabre. He was Sabre. captain. He was a captain of Team Canada, was he not? And the juniors? Yeah, and then Canada, Canada went and, or Canada, Ottawa went and ruined his career by literally giving him no time to. Uh, no time to develop. Yeah. No time at all. So I mean, right. but I think I he's developed now, kid. and I think he's getting even better. I think those are the two guys. I'm like everyone else 
even Darlene, Eichel, Reinhardt, all of them are touchable. I think you don't touch Lazar and you don't touch Olafson. I just think these are the two players that I want on the Buffalo Sabres moving forward. If you have to sell everyone else for better pieces, do it. But I think you got to start a goaltending and build out. But I don't want to make this a Buffalo Sabres podcast, and we need to move on to let's go to let's go let's go to Southern Alaska here. We're we're in the North Division. Steve, where did you have your teams in uh in the North Division? In the North, I had the Canadians one, Leafs two, Flames three, and Jets four. All right, Sebastian. I had Leafs one, Oilers two, Habs three, and the Flames in the fourth spot. All right, I had the Habitants one, the Leafs two, Jets third, Flames fourth, Edmonton right behind them, and then Vancouver and Ottawa floating out there on the back end. Here where we stand, the Maple Leafs number one, Jets number two, Oilers number three, Canadians number four, Flames, Canucks, Senators. So I can say personally I'm not shocked by where the Canucks and the Senators are right now. I think the Flames could easily jump right back in that position. I think right now for me the most underperforming team right now is Montreal. I don't ex- – but they're still in the playoff hunt. Uh, and this could not – not the worst thing because right now I had Montreal being super hot at the beginning of the season and then fading off and then getting slammed by Calgary in the first round. This could be better for Montreal. But I will let uh, you all discuss. Go Canada. I mean, for me, I I, I am shocked at the Jets. I To me, they, they just never really had defense when they got Stanley, who's really stepped up this year. Pionk's played even better. Um, I think they're doing a really good job with what they have. I think they trade line away, would actually help their team. Um, obviously not on the score sheet. Um, Dubois hasn't done as much yet. But I think just having you know some of the attitude they don't want to be there out of your room really helps that culture. Um, to me, what I'm shocked with is the Sens are only seven points back to, from the Canucks with two games in hand. And to me, it's just kind of like I thought there'd be a bigger gap there. I honestly, like, I, I am a Sens fan, and I, I'm, I'll, I proudly say that the fact I honestly didn't think they were going to, you know, they only have eight wins right now, but I thought they'd be a lot worse. Uh, they're finding ways to beat the top-end teams and finding ways to get destroyed by the lower-end teams. But uh, I'm not really shocked by by anything but really the Jets in this. Yeah, I'm so for me that's the Canucks, but I'm not I'm not going to sleep on them yet because they their play they their their ability to move the pocket is brilliant at times. Like they're they're still a fun team to watch. It's just that character development right now, right? They they're not handling any adversity really well, so you you can watch them easily collapse. Senators, they've got um, your your one rookie. Um, I'll throw out his name to me. Stuzo. No, not besides Stuzo. Yeah, but those two are f- – sorry, there's the F-bomb. I couldn't help it, though, because I'm Canadian, and that comes up. They're phenomenal. They're just phenomenal, and they're always doing something in every game. So those are the two cornerstones of that franchise going forward. But Stutzel has already shown, too, right? Well, both of them, they can come into a game and just dis- completely disrupt your rhythm and then throw you completely – oh, well, then we're also throwing in Kachuk. Can't forget about him in that, right? So just – The future the, captain of the Ottawa Senators. The big shock to me is – you know the how much the flames just weren't weren't gelling because last year they just looked strong they they were playing with confidence they banged away at teams just nobody's afraid of them now right did i just use the wrong kachuk there no which which i didn't were you talking about the senators or the flames when i dropped that i was talking about the sense okay i was like when you switch to the flames i'm like did i hear that yeah well the other kachuk kachuk's doing a little bit better than brother right now one kachuk here kachuk everywhere kachuk kachuk yeah, I'm so, just waiting for them to fight. I know last game, um, Brady kind of was yelling at Matthew after he did something, and I'm just waiting. I know they said they're not going to fight. Mom said not to fight. Dad told him not to fight. 
But I think Matthew, he, I think Brady and Chuck are two different people. Yes, they're both kind of psychos, but I think Matthew's a little bit more psycho. I mean, he jumped Brown at one point, was just pounding him. And I think I just, I'm just waiting for the clash of the Titans. <laughs> yeah. So you, you want to throw back, to, uh, what was it? The Primos, right? Buffalo and yeah. Philly. When the Primo brothers went at it? I'm waiting for that, and I want to see. And I can't. I hope it's not like a little, oh, I tripped you, and you fell on the ice, and it's over. We hug, and you know we're brothers again. I hope it's a good fight. I get they're brothers, and they respect each other as soon as it's done. But I think these two are two top fighters in the league, and I, I really want to see them go at it. Yeah, well, I think that was kind of the Primo situation. We had the better Primo. I don't care what any Philadelphia Flyers fans say here. But, uh, no, and I think I think if I recall, because that was late to mid mid to mid to late 90s the primo brothers went at it i think it was keith and wayne and i think uh, their mom called them after the game and said how disgusted she was that they <laughs> threw down on the ice but also it's going down in nhl history and who knows the kachucks could could go down in nhl history as well for me the the north doesn't have i mean montreal's slightly underperforming but they're still in the playoff hunt i think calgary is right. going to jump well, up that, there Edmonton, it, but the team um, that i'm interested in right now is watching the leaves so i think teams have really figured out if you really punish matthews you got to go after him every shot you can take on him they become less and less effective like you've got to isolate a few of their stars uh the one guy that they uh, the other teams were sleeping on was Nylander. so it's players like that you you in order to beat the leaves you got to body them you got to punish them they're not you know offensively really big at all you've got to punish those guys like they're they're stars you got to hit them every chance you get and make and make life miserable on them that's how you're going to beat them um anderson i know just came back from injury but he did not look good last night they, they collapsed down they were what up um they were down by a goal and went up you know two one and then three unanswered you know so that's how to beat the least but man when they're clicking <laughs> they they can move a puck they can really, really move a puck. You know, their 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 puck control and passing can be is probably one of the best in the league. The only thing that I think rivals it is that top line for the Boston Bruins. You know, they're I expected a lot lot out of a lot less of those guys because of their injuries, but completely wrong, right? They're a well built <laughs> but, team. But there was yeah, no there was one team at the beginning of the year. I yeah, hate two, it because I don't two, like it. Yeah, but two guys had injuries. I'm like, oh, we'll see how they come back from it. Uh, it's like nothing ever happened, right? They had surgery. They're fine. So I, was, I was so far off on that one. That's a that's a good spot to to kind of wrap up where we are right now. One third way into the season, I think, boys, we'll have to revisit this when we're at about 42 ish games into the season. I'm guessing that's going to be like late April. I'm not 100 percent sure. Thank you all for listening in on our one third of the way through the NHL season kind of analysis of where we thought teams would be versus where they're at. And this is Chris, Steve, and Sebastian. Have a great one, hockey fans. Yeah, have a good day. And we'll catch you next time.